To be living elemental is to be living a more balanced life. I'm your host, Sarah Ann, and the founder of Jade Scott Design. Through my interior design studio and feng shui practice, I awaken clients to the idea that their home is just as essential to their well-being as is to their mind and bodies. Essentially, nature's elements create balance and support, and through the lens of home, we can utilize their power when applied intentionally. Through this podcast, it is my intention to open you up to the idea that by living elemental through mind, body, and spirit will have a significant impact on your home and your life. I've been looking forward to recording this episode on home numerology for you. I see this part of the feng shui consultation as one of the most fun, and I think the clients really appreciate it. There's usually this tendency of being really surprised and shocked when they kind of put the numerology of their home together with what's really happening energetically in the home. So I hope that you enjoy this episode and have some great takeaways from it. So numerology is one of the oldest symbols or systems used that is said to predate astrology. Uh, The ancient Mayans, the Mesopotamians, all practiced numerology. Numbers carry significant energy and you can find numbers in spiritual texts such as the Tao, the Kabbalah, so many others. And, you know, us humans, we reflect on numerology in a myriad of ways. You can calculate your number typically by adding them all up, and I'll review that in a few moments. Um, But you can reveal really profound energetic patterns, and they can influence almost every aspect of your life, such as, you know, the blueprint to your life's journey, the person you were meant to become, the unique abilities that you came into this world with, right? Um, You know, why you have an inexplainable pull towards certain people or certain interests. You know, you can look at numerology of all these things and really start to connect a lot of dots. And we can do that through our home as well. So you can think of whole numbers as archetypes or personalities. And as I just mentioned, like in the examples above, a number can also play a significant role in any opportunities or obstacles that you may face as it relates to your home, uh, specifically your house number. That said, there are many factors that will affect the energy of a home or any space, really. So this is where working with a consultant can be beneficial. However, the purpose of today's episode is to just touch on these numbers and how they may or may not be contributing to your life or your home. And so listen with a discerning ear and see if you can intuitively receive any insight about what you hear from me today. So how do you find the numerology of your home? Well, if you've ever played around with numbers or numerology in the past, then you know that you'll simply add up all of the numbers until you get to a single digit. There's really only one exception to this, and that's if the number adds up to what is known as a master number. Um, So that's 11 or 22. There's also 33 out there as well. 
And you can still reduce them down. Um, but from a metaphorical perspective, these master numbers sort of carry their own special significance. So it's, a, it's interesting to also look at a master numbers perspective. So you'll add all of your digits together of your house number until you come up with a single digit. For example, my home address in Pittsburgh, where I just moved from, was 2718. So I would add 2 plus 7 gives me 9, plus 1 gives me 10, plus 8 gives me 18, and then I would add 1 plus 8 to come to the single digit of 9. So the numerology of my home held the energy, or I should say still holds the energy of 9. And if you live in an apartment, you would do one for the building itself and for your individual unit number. There will be an overall energy that reflects the building and one that affects your individual space. But they both do affect you and your energy on some level. So I do like to look at both of those numbers for my clients. Another thing I want to mention is if you have a letter in your house or unit number such as 3A, you would treat the letter as a number. So if you wrote out the alphabet on a sheet of paper A through Z and underneath wrote 1 through 9 in a repeated pattern to link the letter to a number. So the letter A would be 1. The letter B would be number 2. The letter C, 3, and so forth. This is considered the Western technique of assigning numbers to letters. The Chinese actually have another method and... They do it by assigning numbers to the letters based on the amount of pen strokes. So a good example of that is the letter F has three pen strokes, one vertical and two horizontal. Therefore, F holds the vibration of the number three. You know, really whichever method resonates with you feels fine because it really doesn't matter. Um, when we're working with numerology and the energy, we're really working with your own intuition and how it's wired to speak to you. So let's get into it. Now that you have your number, what does it mean? I'm going to go in order and start with the number one. And remember, you can use this information to evaluate your current address or any past addresses, even like your childhood home. You can also use numerology in assessing a new space if you're planning to move, which that can certainly aid in the decision-making process when looking for a new home. Uh, for some clients, especially business clients who are purchasing commercial space, numerology tops the list of things we look at when we're looking at new space. So we would definitely want to be looking for, you know, more auspicious or more harmonious number energies. Um, but that brings me to another point. You know, there really is no good versus bad number. It's more like the numbers will have supportive energy and challenging energy. So again, it's really all about having the information to bring some awareness. So if you are experiencing some challenges, we can look at the numbers and see, okay, that makes sense. How do I change it? And we can talk about that. You know, because the key to any change, um, the first step is always awareness, right? If we have knowledge and a conscious understanding, then we can make the necessary changes we need to. So remember that there's no negative number here. 
Um, and in that situation, that's actually positive if you bring some awareness to something and can make that change. So number one holds the energy of independence, right? It really signifies individuality, oneness. It's a great home for anyone working on self-development or recreating themselves as it also supports new beginnings. So if you're looking to start a business, start a family, a marriage or a relationship, all of these are well supported in the number one home. If more than one person is living in the home, which is common, if you have a one house but a family of five, don't stress. You know, you might see one person seems to have a stronger presence in the home or seeks more independence from the rest of the family unit. They might be more creative. They might think outside the box. They might learn from experience rather than instruction. One particular member is considered an independent spirit. They want to be able to do what they want, say what they want, be who they want. The biggest challenge for the one home is you want to avoid being selfish and stubborn. You know, you or another family member might always just be looking out for number one. You know, you might tend to isolate yourself if it's you or you might notice this in somebody else living in the home. The area of the home supported by the number one is the career and life purpose section. So only you can really decide what career path or life purpose path is best for you. Or you can think of those who put a lot of energy into their career. And so their challenge there might be that they neglect the other people in their family or their household duties, etc. You know, that stereotypical workaholic is what I'm really referencing here. Next up is number two. Number two supports partnerships of all kinds, romantic partnerships, business partnerships, even roommates. Um, so not surprisingly, this coordinates with the love corner of your home. You know, yin and yang, they feel very much balanced in a number two home. There's a sense of compassion, understanding, there's empathy, there's a sense of peacefulness in a number two home. Those in a two home, they make relationships look easy. There's a nice partnership exchange, you know, marriages may last long. Or if you're looking to even attract a partner, a two home will support that. The biggest challenge with the two home is to be mindful of becoming too dependent on the other. Sort of the opposite of the one house who seeks independence, the two home can exhibit the opposite. And so also be mindful of becoming oversensitive and concerning yourself with the opinions of others. The number three home, this is actually the numerology of my new rental home here in Austin. The number three is the first spiritual number. So metaphysically speaking, it relates to that trinity of mind, body, spirit. It has a very yang energy to it, so it is expressive, open, communicative. It exhibits a sense of fun and social activity. Therefore, it's a great home for entertaining and expanding your social circle. On the Bagua map, it coordinates with the family and community section. There's a lot of warmth and love in a three home. People of all backgrounds feel welcome here. It also supports self-expression and visibility. And for me, that was really important as I've been working on being more visible, especially in my business. Um, 
and also meeting new people um, as we just relocated to a whole new city. So I'm not surprised at all that we chose a three home. And interestingly, it will only be temporary because we're renting. And my intuitive takeaway from that is that this home will be supportive for making new friends for the whole family. And sort of finding new people will be a priority while being here. But also for my business, it will sort of push me to get creative, to become more visible to a whole new set of clientele, right? So the challenge for the three home can be a bit on the financial side. Sometimes there's a tendency to sort of have fun now and pay later. So being mindful of that and ensuring you are in balance with fun and a budget. (laughs) So ensuring that you're not spreading yourself too thin and saying yes to everything and everyone and having to do and go to all the social events. So the four home represents logic, discipline, hard work. It is a very grounded and stable environment where the three homes may be partying too much. The four home is just the opposite. You can think of the four home in terms of four walls and how they create stability and protection and boundaries, right? Because the four home is grounded and stable, you can certainly put down roots here and plant long-term seeds. It's a great space for starting a business. If you set the right foundation and work hard, you will set yourself up for steady, reliable income. That said, it's also related to the wealth corner up the Bagua. Of course, the challenge here is that there's all work and no play. So being mindful to take time away from work for hobbies and fun is imperative. Also, there can be a tendency to hoard your income and not spend. And so remembering that it's okay to spend, that money is energy, which is meant to flow in and out for optimal balance. Five is all about activity, movement. It's impulsive. There's change. There's travel. Five is really powerful. It's the most yang of all the numbers. Because it also represents that Tai Chi or center on the Bagua map, occupants of a five home also want to be at the center of everything. Five houses have a lot of people coming and going, you know, neighbors are in and out. The kids and their friends are always hanging out here. Someone always is calling the house or there's nonstop activities or perhaps someone travels a lot for work. So a lot of creative work can spring from a five house, but the challenge is when it's out of balance. It can be destructive. So make sure you're taking pause, you're grounding yourself. Um, Really important in decision making, there's a tendency to make decisions too quickly that might not have great outcomes um, because it's, it's a challenge to feel relaxed or settled or find moments of peace and presence in a five space. So it's going to be really important to carve out a section of the home for meditation and or yoga or somewhere where you can just practice a bit of mindfulness. The six is all about community and service. It's a great home for raising socially conscious children. There's a love for the arts and nature and people of all cultures. 
It coordinates with the helpful people or benefactors and also the travel corner of your home. You beautify your home inside and out. So your home is often complemented. It's very artistic and influenced by that global art scene. It's warm and it's inviting. There's this calming, nurturing quality with the sixth home. Family is very important. Most likely there are children in the home, um, but maybe you also find that their friends are spending a lot of time there too because they also sense that comfort and nurturing environment. I think of intimate dinners as opposed to loud parties in a six home. There's, again, a true appreciation for arts of all kinds. And so the challenge with the number six home is that you tend to give a lot to others. Um, you may be more focused on charity and helping from the heart that you forget to also take care of yourself. Um, that's really financially, physically, and emotionally speaking. So you might and you might also find it's challenging to leave your home because you love it so much. So just to remember not to become reclusive. Next up is the seven. The seven is the most spiritual of all numbers. It is a mystical number that represents wisdom, mysticism, introspection, and solitude. Those living in a seven home tend to live alone or struggle to share a space with others. Uh, due to that, there may be an emphasis on doing art and crafts and hobbies alone, which is why I think it also correlates with the children section of the Bagua, as that area represents childlike play and craft and creativity. Most likely, there's also an emphasis on spiritual development, intuition, or other philosophical studies. The environment of a seven home is typically very yin. Uh, the curtains are drawn, it's darker, there's very little social activity in and out of the home. Um, you may keep one or two very close friends, but they will have very similar interests as you. Transformation is key for the seven home, which is why it's really conducive for a party of one. You know, your partnership, if you have it, you will either grow together or you will grow apart. And the challenge with the seven is being too aloof and not feeling connected to other people or the outside world. There's very little focus on the material. So it's not a conducive environment for anyone who maybe wants to advance materially. And this is where, you know, growing apart may come into play in the seven house. Then we move to the number eight, which is the complete opposite of number seven because the number eight represents material prosperity, abundance of all kinds, as well as success and fame. You know, the shape of the number eight represents the infinity symbol offering the essence of limitlessness. You can achieve anything and as much of it as you want in an eight house. Those that live in an eight house, they seem to have it all, right? They have money, they have material wealth, they have lots of friends, they have great business sense, they're confident in their abilities, they seem powerful. However, because of the influence on wealth, the challenge for the eight house is to not become too materialistic and to use your money and wealth for good. Taking care of others through charity and influence is a better way to manage 
the amount of money you have coming to you. A lot of people will tell me when looking for a new home or office space that they want an eight in their address, right? But I always gently caution that, yes, it can influence a great amount of financial success and abundance, but you have to also be very mindful, balanced, and wise with your finances or you're always going to be dealing with financial issues. Mo money, mo problems if you're out of balance. On the Bagua, eight is represented by the knowledge and wisdom section of the home. So metaphorically speaking, I think of being smart with your money. The number nine. I've referenced this number before in previous episodes as it was the number of my home in Pittsburgh. The nine home represents endings and new beginnings. It also carries the essence of humanitarianism, generosity, and release. You might find light workers living in a nine home or a member of the family is wrapping up a major phase of life physically or spiritually. For me, I feel it was both. And my mentor, Tisha Morris, and I were chatting and I had asked her if she had any other insights as to the nine home. And she said she typically sees a big move, like a big out-of-state move or moving out of your parents for the first time, like something sort of big on that level. And that was about four or five months before moving to Austin was even a speck in my mental space. So there's power in numbers and they almost always align. There's also a sense of giving back. In a nine home, because you've learned so much yourself, you want to share your gifts and what you learned. You might tend to open yourself up and your home to anyone who needs your support. And I do see that for myself living in that home through starting this podcast. And my business, Feng Shui, Shui, has been instrumental in my life and my healing, my spiritual and personal development. So, of course, I want to share that with others. It's really what brings the transformation has brought so much passion to what I do and how I serve. So I feel that living your truth sets a great example for others. Nine is also represented in the fame section of your home. So putting your best authentic self out there is going to inspire others to do the same because the fame section of our home represents how others perceive us. So if there's any loose ends or unhealed parts of ourselves or our lives in general, the nine is a great support for that. The challenge for the nine inhabitant is to not give too much of yourself away and to be sure to place emphasis on self-love and self-care as well. And that's one through nine. There are just those few master numbers I mentioned at the beginning of the episode. So if you add up all of your numbers and get an 11 or a 22, those have their own metaphysical interpretation with an influence of the single digit as well. So for example, if you add yours up and you get 11, you would have the master energy of 11 as well as the whole number of two, one plus one equal two. So the 11 house is loved by its inhabitants. They will stay there long-term because it holds the essence of charm and magic. It's very rare that that home will turn over on the real estate market. This home, it's its like the home in the neighborhood that everyone gawks at or everyone talks about, right? 
Metaphysically speaking, an 11 home would support intuitive and psychic ability as it almost holds like an angelic presence. <laughs> and it, it's, it's a great space for spiritual healing. Think of the energy of a church or other symbolic building that they might hold. That's the energy of an 11 home. And 22 usually represents mastery. So this could be in any area of your life, physically, emotionally, mentally, spiritually. A 22 home will, it will help bring any big ideas to fruition. You know, you might be so grown spiritually that you want to use your spiritual insight and share knowledge with the goal to serve humanity and truly make the world a better place. Um, it's as if you live your life from an enlightened state most often. So I hope you got some takeaways from this episode. I, and I hope it was fun to sort of explore and, and figure out your house numerology. The intention, as I said at the beginning, was to give you an intro into numerology and how it's reflected in our home spaces. Uh, these are just some very general guidelines and they offer the opportunity for some intuitive practice as well. You know, what came up for you listening to this? Did you have any clear insights or ahas, right? And if you didn't and you're not able to place the energy of your home with the corresponding number, remember that the numerology of your home is just one aspect of conscious living. That as a feng shui consultant, I look from an energetic perspective from many different factors. Those are all playing into the overall energy of the home, and these can certainly be addressed during a one-on-one -on -one consultation. So if you want to learn more about your home's numerology and how it's affecting you or your family, definitely explore having a consultation with me. I will say, I said it in the beginning, I'll say it again, past clients, they love the numerology section. It's, it's very enlightening and it's really fun for them to sort of start to dig into this and, and bring some insights, you know, what comes up for them. Um, it's interesting because I always mentioned that the feng shui process is, it's a, it's a one-to-one -one consultation, but it's like an intuitive process from my own intuition and yours and collectively together we come up with some really great insights that are really profound and significant for some of my clients so numerology is a big one I don't do it for every consultation but I do always touch on it and usually those that I just touch on clients want to dig deeper on it because it, it really is consistent so again, if you're curious about a consultation, reach out to me via my website, jadescottdesign.com. I will link the contact form in the show notes. Also a reminder that the shop is currently closed as I'm just getting settled into my new location here in Austin. Inventory still needs to be unpacked and organized and all the things. So my goal is to get it up and running by the end of October or 1st of November. Lastly, please share, subscribe, and review this podcast. I love doing it, but only if you're out there enjoying it and getting true value from it. So I appreciate your support in helping grow it. Until next time, much love and gratitude.